Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello. And ho, 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 and happy holidays. Welcome back to another episode of Old Millennials. This is a little mini holiday episode and not quite a deep dive into the late 90s and early 2000s as you're so accustomed, but a conversation about Pitchfork's best albums of the 2010s and also a little bit of our Spotify wrapped that took over everybody's Instagram stories where you had to click through so many times about people's personal artists of which you have little to zero association with because you do not care. The only one that you think is interesting is your own. Yes, we're going to talk about our Spotify raps. My artist of the decade is quite embarrassing, but also expected. Yeah, mine is just a reminder that I am someone's dad really on the inside. Also that my unwrap for this year, I love my sister, hate that she lived with me for two months and used my echo while I was at work because it means that some of her terrible songs that she played on repeat made my unwrapped. And ladies and gentlemen, as I found out, you cannot delete those from your playlist. And so I am stuck with songs by the British 90s boy band Take Back on my unwrapped. Oh, is Camille okay? (laughs) I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, not the that is like a bizarre throwback. I, it was so strange. Like, I just, I got, I knew she'd listen to the song a lot, but I figured it was on her phone or whatever. And then I got my unwrap this year, and they're like, man, you really like the band. Take that. I'm like, fuck. Well, my coworker, her artist of the decade was Taylor Swift. She's like, I can't even blame this on my daughter because she's only one. I'm like, mm, yes, that is correct. At least she admits to it. Um, yeah, mine, what was your uh, top artist for, for this year? Or it's, decade, I guess, sorry. My decade artist is Drake. <laughs> <laughs> it's so embarrassing and also just so fucking expected. I'm like disappointed in myself. I'm like, this isn't even cool. I couldn't have even gotten Spoon as my artist of the decade. I listened to Spoon a lot. But no, it's fucking Drake. Because as you pointed out when I told you, when his career started to take off was like right around the time that I got a full-time job after college. So I paid for Spotify Premium. And guess who really loved Drake and would listen to him all of the time at work and on BART and then went and saw him live? Anyway, so yeah, I, am I surprised? No. I mean, I listened to Scorpion like a bajillion times last year. So, you know, well, I'll see myself out. <laughs> See, that's cool. Drake is not cool. cool. Stevie Nicks is cool. Drake, not cool. Drake is hitting up 17-year-olds, Emily. This is a real bad look for me. That's true. true. And then Stevie Nicks. And Stevie Nicks is out here, like, supporting Harry Styles. Like, what is Drake doing? He's being creepy. I know. I know. I don't. What am I doing? What am I doing? You know, I thought you think you trade in skaters for another type of fuckboy as you get older, whether it's like an imaginary crush or like someone you really have to deal with in real life. And, you know, you look back and you're just like, wow, I should have made maybe better choices. I ask myself that sometimes. Yeah. What was I really thinking? I mean, my top artist, Kanye, was was up there for me. Um, 
for sure. Just, just like, Kanye as a whole. Yeah, I mean, just Kanye as a whole. I think, like, definitely in the earlier part of that decade was when I started paying for a premium membership, so that's, you know, why it's going to show up. The other big ones for me, singer, songwriter, indie, stoner-ish girls that came out in, like, the last 10 years. So I had a lot of, like, Best Coast, Heim, Angel Olsen, Richards, uh, Courtney Barnett. I, I listened to a lot of sad girl rock at certain points. I mean, Jay-Z was my artist of the year for 2014 and 2015. Like, I really do need to branch out. Yeah, you know what? I really love that Unplugged album, and when they took it off Spotify, I was fucking devastated. And so when it came back, I seriously listened to it, like, three days in a row at work. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. But Fiona Apple was my artist of 2012, which is interesting because that's the same year that her album came out, and that's number five on the Pitchfork Best Albums list. So I definitely love Fiona. Um, we're still waiting on our Fiona vinyl. Dude, have you called? I emailed them. I've emailed them so many times, and their answer is, we don't know where it is. I'm like, okay, look, this vinyl, Not, I mean, I obviously want to listen to it, but it's not like we paid like $5 for it. Like, it was really expensive. <laughs> But also, thank you. Uh, that's why I have a Buffy sweater. If I wasn't so fucking predictable, I wouldn't own the greatest sweater I've ever owned. I wouldn't have David Bowie boots. Like, this is insane. We're all Pavlog's dog. We really are. I got an ad that Tidal was available on vinyl, and I immediately... Tidal, Fiona Apple's first album, not Tidal, Jay-Z's failed music streaming service. Just to be clear, since I was talking about Jay-Z earlier. multitaskers it's like we're getting into over a month because it was like it was right before thanksgiving right because you hadn't you you were about to leave to go home and i had just come back from la um they should give us spawn for the inconvenience of being like oh we've only filled 70 percent of our black friday orders i'm like okay but you guys can't, like, okay. take the order number and, like, put it into a computer and see where it is. The same shit is going down with a pair of Adidas I ordered. I am on the brim. I don't mean to turn this into an episode about me complaining about buying things online. But <laughs> to bring it back to Fiona Apple, we're very anxiously anticipating the vinyl release of Tidal soon. But since Tidal came out in, what, 1997? I mean, honestly, like, this is why I drink. It's like, it's fine. I just can't do anything about it. It's not a big deal. But back to Fiona Apple. In 2012, it had been years since she had released a new album. And so I I wouldn't say it was eagerly anticipated because I don't think anybody knew to expect it from her because she is such a, a weird bird. And I mean that as, like, the biggest compliment. That's primarily why I like her so much is because she's so weird. And thanks to this album, not only did we get Fiona Apple music and great 
Fiona content because she had to give interviews to support it. I mean, even though she's Fiona Apple and she can give as many or as little interviews as she wants, she also went on tour. So I was finally able to see her live. But best of all, I think that she gave the best interview I that I think it's like Fiona Apple interview canon is the Mark Maron episode. So I feel like it's a completely different side of her than I've ever seen. And it was very interesting. She goes in depth about how the process of making this album with her longtime collaborator, whose name I'm completely blanking on, like Jonathan Bennett or something to that effect. It's John Bryan. Thank you. And how they sort of like trade tracks back and forth. And it was just really interesting. And then she talks about her relationship with the hummingbirds in her backyard. Like she's truly a fucking trip. And it's one of those things where you're, and it was early enough in Marin's career where you're like, wow, he's really good. (laughs) Like Letterman could never. So uh, I highly recommend that in addition to this album, which definitely would be not only in my Spotify rap, but also best albums of 2010s for sure. Pitchfork, I think, I mean, they got real Frank Ocean heavy towards the end, which I like Frank Ocean albums. I think they're great as well, but I feel like two in the top five was sort of a lot. You could have just picked one for like number one if that was what we were going to do. But overall... I, when I was scrolling through the list, I was like, yep, that makes sense. Yep, that makes sense. I feel like it's a pretty balanced list that covered a lot. I love the Arctic Monkeys, and so AM would definitely be on there. And I would also say their Tranquility-based hotel. Although, I don't know. I know it's a concept album, and so I don't know if the concept fully presents itself or like lands in the way that they want it to. But I appreciate the amount of thought and effort to make an album that's essentially one long story, even though that's not great for singles. But Arctic Monkeys AM is a great fucking album that all of their albums are amazing and you can go back and listen to all of them. And AM just shows that they're the best at what they do. And that came out in 2013. And I know that that was something that I put on repeat quite a bit during that time. I know, but I I feel like critically, I feel like critically, I understand why she's there. I mean, it's not like that album wasn't well received or anything. So I'm not surprised just because I don't personally, I don't personally like a lot of shit, but it makes it onto lists all the time. And so unless somebody asks me personally, you know, there's nothing I can really do about it. But I do understand. I just don't care for her. His appreciations for the DMs. <laughs> I can't speak. This PowerPoint presentation that I will share with you after this episode, Margo, is one of the greatest works of art that I have ever seen. Just the level of detail that this person went into to figure out whether or not this was what led to Jack Antonoff's breakup with Lena Dunham. It's just fascinating. Uh, but I really like that album. I think the other one, looking at the top 20 and thinking, like, I
Oh my god, I know. There weren't a ton on the album list. Well, I think I think to your point, it's completely valid that it's not like an entire EDM album is going to show a lot of depth or range because what makes an EDM single popular and what makes an EDM album good are two different sets of criteria that have very little crossover in that Venn diagram, I think. So I was I was really pleasantly surprised, too, that there weren't a ton of EDM albums listed on there. I think there were maybe like a few, but they were also albums that featured artists who sing like a Calvin Harris or something who has like Rihanna on his track. Like those are the kinds of albums that they look out for or like a Mark Ronson. I don't think he made it onto the list, but I did really like his most recent album where he had the single with um, Rosalia and with Leaky Lee. And I think that there were a lot of really good songs on there. But one of my top artists of 2019 was Vampire Weekend. And I think that that makes a ton of sense. I, I love Father of the Bride and I definitely listen to it a lot. But I think personally their best album of the last decade is Vampire or Modern Vampires of the City from 2013. Contra also makes an appearance on this list, which is also a great album. But I don't know what it is about Modern Vampires of the City. If it was the break in between Contra and this album coming out was like a really good amount of time. And so I was just ready for a Vampire Weekend album. But I think Hannah Hunt is one of their most beautiful songs that they've ever created. And I think that each song is really unique. But And this is what they also do in Father of the Bride, where I know that he kind of, Ezra Kanan, wanted to go kind of more of a... Um, a country sort of like duet angle and you listen to like a lot of Johnny and June Cash songs and some other artists there's a really interesting interview where he talks about the album on Keep It that I would recommend where I think it's not too in-depth but you get a really good idea of what he was thinking when he put it together but it still feels all of like the same piece and I really love Father of the Bride but Modern Vampires of the City I listen to probably more often though. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Mm-hmm. Emotion was also super well-received, and I think because critics really liked it so much, she was able to be more indie pop than mainstream pop. Like, she had been initially pitched to people, and everybody sort of realized that she's not just a one-hit wonder. It's just that that one particular song has that strange mixture of ingredients that nobody can really ever replicate that just sort of took off but that I think Emotion is her best album even though I do like Julian I I think Emotion is much stronger and has more of a clear point of view but I also would like to see her live because I've heard 
nothing but good things. A top four, another top four artist, speaking of tiny desks that I really enjoyed, was Megan Thee Stallion. I think she was like my most played new artist. And of course, Fever isn't on the Pitchfork's best albums of 2010s. It's still super good. And talk about like a whole story. And she's everything that you want from a rapper. Like she's smart. She's funny. She's quick. She has a really distinct voice and style that's all of her own, apart from like all the hot girl stuff. Just if you listen to her flows, even her freestyles are amazing. She's just great and overall is like super charming, really funny. And the city of Houston is having a huge year between her and Normani and Beyonce always. I mean, Beyonce put out the Homecoming live album, which is why, because I listened to it so much because I was so into the documentary. It made Beyonce my artist of 2019, which I was not surprised by because I took a couple road trips where I exclusively played that entire album front to back and then back to front again and probably made some people a little annoyed. (laughs) But it's it's not my fault. It's so good. Tell her. Oh, this this Um, tiny ass desk. Oh, yeah, she is my top. She is the other top artist. It's her and Maggie Rogers round out my top four of 2019. And that makes complete sense. Because I think every single mix that I made myself this year had songs from all of them at some point in time. But I think, you know, to borrow from our favorite podcast and Bobby and Lindsay, she definitely went from who to them this year for sure. And I think it was sealed at this point when she closed out SNL last Saturday with Eddie Murphy hosting. So I think there's no greater way of saying like you made it. But speaking of SNL performances that were really good, some of them didn't make this list, but is um, in the Spotify wrapped of my heart is DaBaby. And I am definitely a DaBaby mama. I think that Kirk is really good. It's a really strong start. And his SNL performance is probably like the most fun, obviously outside of Lizzo. But Lizzo hadn't performed yet, so I couldn't compare the two. Or, you know, mention them in the same sentence. But I thought his performance on SNL was so much fun. It was so silly. He brought back the Jabberwockies. So what's there to not like? It was already a fantastic performance. I was really enjoying everything that was going on on stage. And all of a sudden, the Jabberwockies just kind of showed up. And I was like, this is fantastic. Cannot support enough. Every time I hear an interview or something with Javiki, I'm always, I really enjoy him. He's great. Um, I love his music. I'm such a Yeah, I actually have really enjoyed these year-end lists. They've been interesting to take in. I am too easily annoyed and have too strong of opinions to go into any of the film lists because I always think that they get it wrong. But I think the music stuff has been the most interesting because it, people are less fanboy about music stuff than they are about movies, and that makes it kind of unfun. But music is always interesting to compare. That's why so many people posted about their fucking Spotify rap, no matter your thoughts on the matter and it was interesting to compare them all between friends and even coworkers. but one thing I didn't know 
was uh, one of our coworkers only has Apple Music, and so they don't do a rap. <laughs> so we were, like, talking about it in front of him. We're like, oh, Anthony, what's your – oh, yeah, you don't get one. Sorry. <laughs> and then this week he was like, oh, my God, they sent me, like, top artists of the last 10 years. I'm like, girl, everybody got that list. Like, that's not special. <laughs> And, and Truth Hurts, like, a lot of her songs, a lot of her songs had already been out. And I actually credit Spotify with introducing me to Lizzo during um, the phone, like, her her little EP of four songs that has, like, Coconut Oil and Phone and a couple, and Water Me and a couple of other songs. Because I think that was on, they have so many algorithmically and you know obviously they used our data to make this really well designed well executed Spotify wrapped for you experience where like they played the music and there was a journey and they did cute little copy things like your genre fluid which I definitely scoffed out loud at but I think all of us did that was this that was the slide Emily so like they have the the copy is already just written and then the algorithm or and then the data is just sort of supplied in in the back end, and so it just populates with whatever. I just couldn't believe someone in marketing or... Dude, or yes, you can. Yes, you fucking can. Have you... The number of dumb right. shit that we've seen in advertising, you're surprised that that made it through? Of course. Some, like, executive was like, mm, that's cute. I get it. That's, that's funny. I'm sure the feedback was, like, make it cute, and that was what the poor copywriter came up with. But anyway, thanks to their playlists, though... They give with both hands, right? It's, like, some evil and some good. I found out about Lizzo because they have this, like, release radar playlist that they update every week. And it has songs from all over the place. And sometimes it's old songs and sometimes it's new songs. And you just kind of put it on on Fridays and you just get a new mix of artists. And I think that's also how I got into Haim as well. They were on that. And they played The Wire was on the on that mix that week so and I thought phone the Lizzo song was so fucking funny I had to like listen to everything by this artist and that's how it all started so I yeah, think but to your point about listening to an artist's back catalog Spoon was my 2017 artist of the year and I've been listening to Spoon since high school but I had only listened to whatever their popular albums was. So like an album of sneaks and like a couple of other side albums that I would have never been able to listen to because I didn't even know they existed. I can listen to thanks to Spotify. And I swear this is not an ad. So it's just more of like how Spotify shaped 
the decade and how we listen to music and find new artists now. And a lot of the artists that they have on the Pitchfork Best Album list are people, some of them are people that I have discovered thanks to them or have been able to listen to it more easily because it's now online and I can listen to it whenever, however. And of course, Drake's Take Care, which is my personally my favorite Drake album because it's peak sad boy music from 2011 is number 13 on the list. And, you know, that's why he was my artist of the year in 2011 and 2016 and artist of the fucking decades. So whack. Uh, oh, well. I mean, I wouldn't say stick out. The other ones that they have are, like, Alabama Shakes, Sound and Color. I love that album. Beyonce's Four, obviously. Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad City, which was the introduction to Kendrick Lamar. And definitely, I think, is... When you go back and listen to it now, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, no, I kind of understand his trajectory that he's on currently. And this all kind of makes sense as, like, a piece for his entire career. But those are... Oh, and Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour. I mean... Again, Spotify on a playlist of, like, unexpected singles or some shit like that. And Casey Musgraves was on there, and I was like, oh, my God, Golden Hour is a no-skips album. So it's such a great album. So glad that we saw her live. Oh, yeah. Right. I was just happy to see or as I found out tragically at karaoke recently, your body is back road. Yeah, that was a song that someone sang and I almost left the bar. I was like, I don't need to hear this. This is gross. I want to go like 25 in your 30 zone or some shit. I'm like, ew, this is I am going to call the police on this white man. This is upsetting. I didn't even know it was a song. So many people sing country for karaoke, and I do not get it when there are literally thousands of songs. I, I used to do it a lot more, I think. Not as much in California. It was definitely much more the Virginia. Not the newer stuff. Definitely more of a Dolly Parton vibe myself. But, sure, um, you're not singing about bodies being back roads or whatever. Yeah, surprisingly, that does end up being back <laughs> Well, did we do it? Did we manage to record a whole mini episode? I think we did. God, I sure hope so. I think we did. Well, I think this is going to be our last episode, not only of 2019, but the whole decade as well. So we hope you guys have a happy holiday and a happy new year in 2020. And thanks for listening. And if you are feeling extra merry and bright and giving... It'd be great if you could rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you can do that. And don't forget to subscribe or tell somebody because guess what? That's a free gift right there. You don't even have to buy anything. Just tell them about a podcast. And in the meantime, 
If you want to keep up with us, you can check out our socials. We are on Instagram at the Old Millennials Pod. We are also on Facebook at the Old Millennials Pod. And you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Margs She Wrote. And I'm at Emily J. And until next year, bye.